Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. How many times have you felt like everything is falling apart around you? Pastor J.D. reminds us in today's update that while things are looking grim and they're only going to get worse, we who are alive in Christ have all the hope we could ever need. If you can hold on just a little bit longer, Jesus will make it all worth it. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 12, 2023. This was the central focal point of the rebuke church leaders were allowing and tolerating this Jezebel teaching, and in the last days church, church leaders are allowing, and if you can imagine, they're even promoting false teachings. They're promoting it. It's false. It's a lie. And you're promoting it, and you're misleading people, and some of them are dying, by the way. That's on you. And they're getting sick, by the way, and that's on you. In the Thyatira church, these Christians were being deceived by this Jezebel spirit to their own peril. In the last days church, Christians are being deceived by a lying spirit, and it's to their own peril. I'm thinking of two accounts in Scripture, one of which was with the prophet Micaiah, and he's got Jehoshaphat and Ahab. He's already been imprisoned by Ahab because he's been prophesying the truth, and Ahab hates his guts, and so he incarcerates him. And he's got these other prophets that tell him what his ears are itching to hear. Just speak and prophesy only smooth things. And so here comes Micaiah, and he just speaks the truth, and he tells Ahab, dude, you're going to die. Thus says the Lord. (laughs) What have you got to lose? That's the truth. I'm thinking of another account in um, Isaiah, actually Jeremiah. The people are being told lies, and they love to have it so. In other words, just tell me lies. Don't tell me the truth. Just tell me lies. I love it. I love it when you talk like that. Just tell me that, no, we're not going to go into captivity in Babylon. Just tell me that. That's what I want to hear. I know it's not true, but that's what I want to hear. Just tell me it's okay. Tell me it's all good. Tell me I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You're not good. 
You're a sinner and you need Jesus as your Savior. And if you don't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity in hell. And I love you enough to tell you that. How about that? That's love. I think about 2 Thessalonians 2. This powerful delusion that they would believe the lie. Why? Because they rejected the truth. The Thyatira church and these are Christians, by the way. They were suffering on a, on a sickbed, and some even dying. Christians. And so too, in the last day's church, Christians are suffering sickness, specifically from this poisonous injection, a.k.a. the death shot which is even leading to their death. Will we see them in heaven? Yes. If they're born again, they're going to be in heaven. Do you see the connection here? Could this letter to the church of Thyatira be written to the church today? Absolutely. And it is. Well, are you depressed? (laughs) This brings me to the aforementioned takeaway for today, and it's that of the encouraging hope for the rest of us in our Thyatira. Did you notice when I was reading this letter, verse 24 and verse 25? So he goes from addressing those who were being misled by Jezebel, and specifically the leadership that was allowing this Jezebel to mislead his servants, And he says, now, I say to the rest of you, you guys over here, I'm done talking to them. I want to talk to you now. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you. I say to the rest of you in Thyatira. Well, who's the rest of them in Thyatira? Oh, those who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. I believe this is a reference to Gnosticism, which was prevalent in that day. And then verse 25, oh, Jesus, thank you for verse 25. Only hold on to what you have until I come. Translate it. There are those in Thyatira that stood strong in the face of this. They saw Jezebel a mile away. They could smell a Jezebel a mile away. That sounded even better, actually. And they, they have discernment. And, and they see what this person, this teaching, this doctrine is doing to the church of Jesus Christ. And they're not buying it. They're not holding on to it. And they're the, I want to be the rest of you. So we got a line over here, a group, and there's a sign, the rest of you. I want to be in that group there. Because if I'm there and I don't hold to this, uh, what Jesus says to me is, I'm not going to impose any burden on you. There's no rebuke for you. The only thing I'm going to say 
to you is to encourage you to just hang on a little bit longer. I know you're, you're standing up, you're standing out, you're standing strong, you're not going along to get along. You're remaining steadfast. Don't think for a second I don't notice it. I notice it. You just hang on a little bit longer, because I'm a coming. I'm a coming, man. Ah, I can't wait. Does that give you hope? Well, yeah, but pastor, you just got done telling me God's going to kill me for going along with this. No, I hope you're not going to leave here with that. That's not the takeaway. What's the takeaway? Repent. Do you know, he even said that he gave Jezebel, whoever this woman was, by the way, not her real name. This was a Jezebel woman. We know Jezebel from the Old Testament, the wife of Ahab, who was a weakling, the most evil king of all the evil kings that Israel ever had. And she overpowered him and misled Israel into idolatry and sexual immorality. She was so evil. And she had that influence on the children of Israel, introducing them, seducing them. So that's not her name. Could you imagine naming your daughter Jezebel? I hope you would never do that. <laughs> That'd be like naming your son Adolf Hitler or something, you know, just to put it into perspective. So there's hope for you. There is? Yeah. He gave this Jezebel woman time to repent, but she refused. He's giving you an opportunity to repent, a genuine repentance. And all of us, those who have not gone along to get along, and those who have caved under the pressure and acquiesced to this Jezebel, all under the banner of, hey, I got to make a living. I got to go along to get along. I got to keep my job. Hey, you know, how many times have I shared a but God testimony where someone stood up and stood strong in the power of the Lord and His might, and God honored it, and He provided them from an unseen treasury, and opened up, not a door, but a window they weren't even looking at, and provided them a job that was way more better, paid way more better. God will do that. God will honor that. Because what you're saying by acquiescing is, I don't trust God to provide. Well, wait a minute. If I do anything that is against God's will under that banner, I say I don't trust God. And conversely, when I don't acquiesce to that, and I say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. We talked about this on Thursday night, Jeremiah 52. I don't know. This, this is impossible. I don't know how you're going to provide. But if I take a stand for righteousness, I don't know how you're going to do it. And it, it's impossible. It's an, I'm in an impossible situation. Oh, you are? Are you? I just so happen to be the God of the impossible. So are you going to trust me to do things that you could have never imagined 
if I were to even tell you. You would have never believed it. You will not believe what I am able to do. God's going to provide. So all of us, all of us in our Thyatira, we just need to hold on until Jesus comes for us. I know it's getting hard. Believe you me, I know it's getting hard. And it's going to get harder, increasingly more difficult with each passing day. But God, He has promised, He has given us His Word. He cannot go back on His Word. He will strengthen us. And He will see us through to the end. Just hold on, hold on, and be encouraged. These last days prophecies concerning these last days churches are for us to encourage us because they say to us, we're close baby, we're close baby, I'm coming man. You see all this, it's an indicator, it's a sign, it's soon, just hold on. We're close. Oh, this last week, I uh, aliens trending on Twitter. Uh, just this morning when I checked, UFOs. You know these uh, these things that are you know, Project Blue Beam and spy balloons from China. I guess compliments made in China. I guess uh, the spy balloons and all this stuff. Do you realize what this is about? This is just an indication that we're to look up and lift up our heads because our redemption draws ever so nigh. And that should encourage every single one of us. When we have that to look forward to, it makes whatever we're going through so much easier to get through. Look up, look up. Well, let's bring it to an end. We always end with the gospel of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ and a simple childlike explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. What's the gospel? It means good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. Who paid my debt? Jesus. What was my debt? Death. Jesus died for me instead of me. And I'm now set free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed, because Jesus came, He was crucified, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the good news. That's the gospel. What are the ABCs? It's just again a, a simple template. It's a, it's a tool. It's not the way. It's just a way, a simple way. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. I mean, it has to start there because unless and until we do, why would we be interested in the Savior? Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. We've missed the bullseye of perfection. And that's what the word sin means, actually. It's an archery term, when you miss the mark. And then Romans 6.23 is the, I like to refer to it as the sentencing phase. We, we, we've been found guilty. 
We've sinned. We've transgressed God's perfect law. So now we're going to be sentenced. What's the sentence? Death. It's the death sentence. The wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now notice the the gift and the wage. We are not our own. We are purchased with a price. In other words, we have this gift, not a purchase. If we purchased it, it's not a gift. I know that's deeply profound. But if it's a gift, a gift is something that is given. That's also very profound. But who paid for the gift? Jesus did. He paid in full on that cross. He purchased us. He paid for that gift of eternal life that's there for the receiving. That's simple. That's the A, here's the B, and the B is so central. It's for simply belief in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't have to do anything. He did everything. We just believe by faith, putting our trust in Him for the forgiveness of sin. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth, which is the the expression that comes when you believe in your heart, acknowledging your sin, putting your trust in Him. (laughs) You call out and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. It's not you might be saved, it's you will be saved. The jury's not out, the verdict is in. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Then Romans 10, 13, lastly, seals the deal, as I like to say. It says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's so simple. It's childlike simple. Maybe in some ways it's too simple. Because see, we've been taught wrongly. If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. No such thing as a free lunch. Well, I don't know about a free lunch, but the gift of eternal life is no cost. And that's true. And it is too good to be true because God is too good and true. It's that simple. No strings attached. Wait, I don't have to do anything? No. He did everything. I don't have to like take a class? No. I don't have to be water baptized? No. I mean, baptism is just an expression outwardly of an inward commitment that you are saved publicly, identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ when I, when we do, which by the way, we're planning one, Lord willing, if we're still here, hope we're not, but uh, we'll have our water baptism and I'm going to put you in the water and depending on who you are, (laughs) you know, it might take a little while, but I'll bring you back up but you're identifying with the, you got to love humor, okay? You're identifying with the death of Jesus Christ, burial, being buried in the water, and then you come up out of the water, and that's identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not necessary for salvation. It's a public profession of salvation. 
I don't have to uh, be a good person. No. That's like taking a shower before God gives you a bath. It's pointless. He cleans you from the inside out. Though your sins be as scarlet, He makes them white as snow. It's the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. You're a new creation in Christ. Behold, old things have passed away. Now you're born again spiritually, just like you were born physically. Now you're born again spiritually. And the Holy Spirit is in you, indwelling you, empowering you, and enabling you to live a holy life. Holy Spirit, holy life. And He seals us for the day of redemption. Well, today's But God testimony comes from Phil, who writes, Dear Pastor J.D., I love you, brother, for your spirit and the Word of God. I have a But God testimony for you. I have been double vaxxed and instantly got thyroid cancer. It has been removed, and a year went by only to discover it metastasized into my T2 neck bone. I was told to have a PET CT scan. I prayed to Jesus, and my pastor and others have been praying. I got the results back from the scan this last week. No cancer detected. Yeah. yeah. I have a little pain in my neck, but I'm trusting the Lord Jesus. My wife has one of those, a pain in her neck. I'm the pain in her neck. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I have a pain in my neck, but I'm trusting the Lord Jesus to deliver me from this for His glory. He is so faithful to us. Praise and all glory to Him alone. Amen from New Zealand. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your patience today. Father in heaven, we're, we're so very grateful to you. Lord, thank you for these letters to these churches, because they're for us. And they bring us so much hope and so much encouragement. And so Lord, I pray that no one will leave this service today without the hope that you have for them in this service today. I pray that you'll renew hope and strengthen those feeble knees and lift up our heads. You're the lifter of our heads, Lord. Especially those who are downcast and discouraged and that discouragement has given way to despair. Oh, Lord. You're our hope. You're our only hope. The raptures are blessed hope. So Lord, thank you. And lastly, Lord, just for anyone who might even be here in this service today or watching online that has never put their trust in you, believing in you, I pray that today, today, not tomorrow, today, right here and right now, would be the place and the day of their salvation. And thank you for salvation. Lord, thank you for the gospel, and thank you for the rapture. And Jesus, come quickly, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth. <music>